Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 3, Episode 19. Going to talk some football today. Pretty disappointing Saturday, uh, to say the least, in Champaign, with the Hawkeyes losing 9-6 to with a missed field goal. The missed opportunities in the red zone offense that just couldn't get it together to score touchdowns. Also had the fumble. Scoop and score by Riley Moss. By that point, I didn't even really cheer. I just laughed and said, well, let's wait until they review this because his rear end was probably on the ground or something. It ended up being his elbow that hit the ground. Um, and it was I didn't think there was a good angle to overturn it, but it was likely on the ground before the ball came out. So couldn't tell if it was slipping out before the elbow went down, but probably a good call by the refs there. You know, the offense just couldn't get it done in this game. And, you know, a defensive score would have bailed them out again. But it was not to be in this one. They had some chances late, too, after the Illini field goal to take the lead. But they could not cash in, and the Hawks lose a miserable game 6-9. to nine. I don't want to relive too much of the game, uh, but there's a few chances that the Hawkeyes had want to talk through some of that, kind of what went wrong in this game. Talk about, you know, how things may look moving forward. The good news is there's a bye week this week, and they can try to get more healthy. They've had quite a few injuries, try to work on some things they need to get better at. I mean, there's not a whole lot of time here. We're halfway through the season. They do get, you know, a couple weeks here to, to work on some things, and then preparing for Ohio State, so there's the bad news. They get off the bye week and then have to go to the horseshoe to play by far the, the best team in the Big Ten, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And the Hawkeyes will likely drop to 3-4, and four, and after that just be playing to, to get into a bowl game, playing for some pride to, to beat some of those border state teams as well as Purdue as the season goes on. Well, I picked Iowa to lose this game in my preseason preview, but that was when I thought the Hawkeyes were going to be better on offense, and I thought they were going to be able to beat Michigan and go 5-0, and and then they'd have a letdown in this game. On my review last week, I said that Iowa would win this game 20-17. to I don't know why I thought that they would there would be so much offense in this game, but... That still doesn't seem like a whole lot of offense to me. and It, it kind of seemed like the Hawkeyes were improving a little bit. And I know Illinois has a good running game, and they've done a lot better with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Well, let's take a look at some of the things that happened and things that, <laughs> that didn't go right, a few that did go right. But Illinois took the ball from the start. They drove down the field on a 17-play drive that ended at the Iowa 9-yard line before a field goal to go up three to nothing and I've talked about this before how the Hawkeyes oftentimes give up an early drive or two and then start making adjustments and shutting things down defensively later in the game but I was a little concerned going into this one with you know running the ball with Chase Brown he is a really good running back and then Tommy DeVito the Syracuse transfer quarterback he made some nice plays on that first drive and he can make Plays with his arm and with his feet. Lyowa's first drive was somewhat encouraging with Petrus making some nice passes, most notably a couple of 30-plus yard passes to Sam Laporta. First and goal from the seven. 
They run for one yard, pass for one, I think it was even negative one, to Laporta losing a yard. Uh, not sure why they didn't learn from last week that that play doesn't work. They tried it twice last week, uh, throwing it to Laporta out in the flat. Um, the line of scrimmage inside the 10 just doesn't seem to work. But, you know, he's a guy that everybody's keen on when it comes to defense. And then there was a false start penalty. Backs Iowa up to the 14-yard line. So many rough penalties at bad times in this game for the Hawkeyes. And they handed it off for no gain. And then got a field goal to tie it up 3-3. Three to three. Illinois did some decent things on its next drive, but had to punt. Iowa went on a string of three straight three-and-out drives. Illinois did get a field goal in there, but the quarterback, DeVito, got hurt, and backup Sitkowski came in. So really bad news, and you never like any kind of an injury to any player out there on the field. But if you're a Hawkeye fan, at this point you're thinking, wow, we really have a good shot at winning this one because – because Tommy DeVito is is a part of how they've uh, the Illini has been so good this year and, and has that four and one record coming into the game. The Hawkeyes got a fumble recovery after just a monster hit by Riley Moss on the receiver. Seth Benson recovered that at the four yard line. Hawkeyes needing just four yards for a touchdown, and that's not asking too much, right? Four yards, but no, that did not happen. They rolled Petrus out to the left again. You know, he, he struggles throwing against his body like that, uh, you know, with his right arm thrown across his body. He missed LaShawn Williams for what would have been a touchdown. That unsportsmanlike conduct for 15-yard penalty drives the Hawkeyes back. Bruce had a catch to get some some yardage back, but the Hawkeyes had to settle for three and tied the game at 6-6. Six to six. Hawkeyes had another chance to put up seven at the end of the half. A nice 30-yard pass to Laporta again. Nico making some catches out there. But Iowa had to settle for a field goal after an ill-advised reverse to Nico Regani in the red zone that lost nine yards. And Drew Stevens, the true freshman, who had been perfect on the season, missed a 45-yard field goal. So not really feeling too great about things going into halftime with the game tied 6-6. to with some missed opportunities on the offensive side for the Hawkeyes. The second half was even uglier for the Hawkeyes on offense, and not going to talk much about that second half. I mean, there was a, a three and out for negative yards for the Hawkeyes to start it off, three and out zero yards for Illinois, four plays minus 19 yards for Iowa, three plays minus nine yards for Illinois, before Iowa went on a wild seven-play 26-yard drive. Joking, of course, there, but they did get past midfield all the way to the 49-yard line before punting. And both teams did start getting some things going after that, but just still punting until Illinois drove all the way from its own 15 to the Hawkeye 4. But backup quarterback Sitkowski completed a couple of really nice plays on that drive, a 40-yard pass, a 21-yard pass, and it looked like sure points for Illinois until a really Ill-advised pass by Sitkowski that was intercepted by Quinn Schulte at the one-yard line. And the Hawkeyes are still tied up with Illinois at six with the ball at the one-yard line. Hawkeyes just couldn't get away from the end zone there. Torrey Taylor only punted for 39 yards. Uh, not, not real good for him. So great field position for the Illini, and they cashed in. It was just a field goal, and it happened after the scoop and score by Moss. 
It was negated by the official review. But the backup kicker for Illinois, their their starting kicker was out. They had the backup in the game. He he went three for three, and the Illini with a three point lead, which is, you know, it seemed almost insurmountable at that point with just two forty nine left in the game. But the Hawkeyes did move the ball up to the forty seven yard line before Petrus threw an interception. He was kind of he was hit by the defender as he was throwing the ball. Couldn't tell on TV if, if you know there were guys that were open. But the Hawkeyes used timeouts, got the ball back again, and it was pretty ugly out there on that last drive. Some of the plays, the Hawkeyes were running in the middle of the field with no timeouts. So no chance to win the game. Iowa drops to 3-3 three and three on the season, on track to having the worst football season in, in many years. So what do the Hawkeyes do now? They're 3-3. Three and three. They've got a bye week. Obviously, they're going to work hard on the bye week. They need a lot of things that they need to execute better on. They're going to they're going to work on that. They're going to start game planning for Ohio State, which is is going to be fun to watch on tape as as good as Ohio State is. And then the Hawkeyes need to get ready for the final run. I mean, they've got Minnesota on the road, Nebraska at home, Northwestern at home. Purdue on the road, Wisconsin at home. I mean, it. they need to find some wins in there, and they need to do that by improving the offense. What's left to do, we don't know. Apparently, we're not going to change quarterbacks. And Petrus hasn't done a horrible job. I mean, at times he misses guys. He's just, they know what he brings, and he doesn't bring mobility. He is not a guy that can avoid the rush. So he's standing in there, and they just send guys time and time again to go after him, and, and he can't get away. And when he's pressured, he does not have good mechanics, and he doesn't throw the ball well. If he has a clean pocket, which doesn't happen too often with this Iowa offensive line, he can throw a good ball. We've seen that time and time again. But bottom line to all this, I mean, and I think this is on the offensive coordinator. It could be on the head coach as well. I don't know. But we just do not have the players right now on the offensive side of the ball to be able to compete in the Big Ten, to be able to compete anywhere almost. You look at that offensive line, and they can't run block well they can't pass protect well I thought coming into the season that the line was going to be really good now Justin Brick got hurt that was disappointing Um, I thought Richmond was going to be really good on the left tackle he struggled some left guard has been kind of a rotation there trying to trying to find the right guy Ellsbury looks like he's the guy that they're going to stick with now center you know, I should have should have known better that you can't just take a guy from the defensive line and move him right into the center position to start right away. That's been a, an experiment there. The the rotation at the right guard of L, of uh, oh seventy Bo Stevens and Jennings Dunker. You know they've had their growing pains as well. And then Colby, you know he he got pretty good by the end of last season. It's just he's playing a different position now. He was at right guard last year. He's at right tackle this year. 
So how much better can those guys get in this next two weeks? You know, let's call it maybe three weeks. You know, they, they continue to, to, to move forward against Ohio State. Um, you know, they're going to get they're going to get beaten badly in that game. The offense isn't going to be able to do much with the athletes that Ohio State has. But they need to keep moving forward. Um, talked about quarterback. You know, it doesn't appear that they're going to make a change there. I'd, I'd be happy to see something change. Most notably for me, just someone who can run, tuck the ball and run if they're feeling pressure. Somebody who can move the pocket. And, and still be able to complete some passes, make some plays downfield, uh, even if the packet, uh, the pocket collapses. Running backs, I think, you know, we've got some solid running backs. You know, they're young, um, but I think there's a lot of potential there. And then the wide receiver crew. I mean, how did we get, how did we get to this? Well, Charlie leaving didn't help. So Charlie Jones transferring when he transferred in May, I think it was. You know, that was troubling for sure, and that kind of put the Hawkeyes in a bad position. But how did they – why didn't they hit the portal with such a, a, a thin crew of wide receivers? They needed to hit the portal really hard and get some wide receivers. They probably needed to hit the portal hard to get offensive linemen, and they probably needed to hit the portal hard to get a quarterback. And none of that stuff happened, so here we are. With guys out there, I mean, this this Iowa offense is based on having an offensive line that can run the ball. And the Hawkeyes have not been able to consistently run the ball all year. It was the same thing last year. And the injuries at wide receiver where the Hawkeyes started out the year with just Arlen Bruce, the fourth out there, and then in walk-ons, now gradually... Brody Brecht, who's been injured. They've been working him in. He missed, missed a lot of time, too, because of baseball. They've started working him in. He didn't have a catch this last weekend. Nico Regani, who had gotten hurt, he's been back in there. He's been making some nice plays. Um, sounds like true freshman Jacob Bostic is making a comeback from injuries. And Deontay Vines, who had a, an injury and was looking really good prior to the season, uh, it sounds like he may be back after the bye week as well. So those things are are definitely going to help uh, the offense if we get some guys healthy and if the offensive line continues to make progress. Just I don't know how much progress they can make in just a few weeks before they have that stretch of, of border rival games as well as Purdue, some teams that they're really going to want to beat. And and they're going to have to do some things differently. Now, are they going to change the offense? Are they going to try to try to change things up a lot? I don't see that. There was one play against Illinois. The Hawkeyes were inside the 10, and I thought they ran a great play. The problem is they don't run this kind of play enough. Petrus was in shotgun. He It was a run pass. Well, it was kind of a run pass option with a shovel pass, but he faked the handoff to Arlen Bruce, who was in the backfield. And you assume that Petrus needs to look at the defensive end and kind of see which way he's crashing. Well, he crashed in, and Arlen Bruce ran out into the, the, the flat to the left, 
and then just turned around and waved his arms in the air going, why didn't you give me the ball? There is absolutely nobody out here. At least that's what he appeared to be asking. I mean, he, he could have just walked into the end zone. Great play. Arlen Bruce in the backfield. We're in shotgun. Hand it to him. Boom. He goes right around the end and scores a touchdown. It's a totally different game. Instead, he faked that handoff through a shovel pass to Laporta you know, with nothing there. So there's, there's no easy answers here. Uh, I think the rest of this season is going to be a struggle. Um, it doesn't appear that they're going to try to experiment with other quarterbacks. So until this offensive line can consistently open holes in the running game and have a really clean pocket for Petrus, I don't see this offense doing a whole lot the rest of this year. And in the wild, wild, wild world of NCAA football, we've got coaches getting fired left and right. Scott Frost got the axe. Uh, later on, their defensive coordinator did as well. Paul Christ, who's had a great record at Wisconsin, got the axe. And I, I think they know what they're doing there. I think they want the defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard, to be the head coach at Wisconsin, and they were just making the move early in the year, let Jim Leonard kind of get his his feet wet, see what he can do as an interim coach this year, announce him as their coach. He's a heck of a defensive coordinator, has that NFL experience. He He's a, a Badger alum. I think that's what they're doing there. But now Rutgers just fired their offensive coordinator. They have a better offense than Iowa, at least if you look at the numbers. Um, I think they were, what, in total offense, 108th. The Hawkeyes are back to last at 131st. And then Indiana just fired their offensive line coach. And the line coach for the Hawkeyes really has me, has me baffled because I thought it was a great hire, a long-time offensive line coach. People just seem to love him as a person, and he seems like a great guy, George Barnett. For whatever reason, and it may not be his fault, I, these guys may just not have the talent, and, and they were four stars that that just didn't have it. I don't know. But, man, hopefully they'll get there. But it just does not seem to have worked out. He's only been there two years, and these are the two worst offensive lines that I can remember. And maybe it's a recruiting thing more than it is a coaching thing. But after this season... I mean, Kirk Ferentz is not going to make a change during the season as far as firing coaches or anything like that. But I don't see how Brian Ferentz stays on this coaching staff at the end of the year. I think he's just going to go find an offensive line coaching job somewhere. He's going to leave. And what I would like Kirk Ferentz to do, I don't, I don't see this happening, but Maybe there's going to be enough people in his ear to get him going. They need to go out and pay about $1.5 million for an offensive guru who can recruit, who has a high-flying, fun offense to watch. Kirk can still work with the offensive line. They still need to run the ball and all those things. But they need a guy who's going to have an exciting offense that players are interested in coming in uh, to join the program and be a part of it. 
So we can get some really high-caliber quarterbacks. We can get some high-caliber wide receivers, which, you know, we've had some in the past. I really liked it when we had, you know, Nick Easley, Amir Smith-Marset, and Brandon Smith. I mean, that trio was pretty good. Easley, obviously, was he was just a walk-on, but he became a really good player. ISM and Brandon Smith are both on NFL teams right now. So we've had some guys like that in the past, just not enough of them. And what this offense is lacking are playmakers. And it just seems like, I mean, Keegan Johnson being out has been huge. I thought that was huge in the bowl game. I thought the Hawkeyes have a much better chance of winning that bowl game with Keegan Johnson in there. He was their best wide receiver last year. And now he has hardly played. He, he came in to play one game, dropped a couple passes, went back out and didn't play again. Hasn't been back in there. Going into the season, I'm I'm thinking Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, Nico Regani, Brody Brecht. We're going to rotate those guys in, and we're going to be okay. Now, that's really thin at that wide receiver position. They need more guys, and they need guys that can, can make big plays because this offense just does not make any big plays. And I think they must defenses must be really queuing on Arlen Bruce. Uh, either that or this offense just can't get him the ball. Now he has been nicked up too. He, there's a few games where he they didn't even know if he was going to go. He's been dinged up as well, but he's been playing. And you know, let's see what happens the rest of this year. Uh, kind of glad we have a bye week this week. We can sit back and watch other football games and relax for a week before the Hawkeyes. Take on the Buckeyes. And then, as I mentioned, the rest of the season, man, I'm just hoping the Hawkeyes can get to six wins at this point and, and get to a bowl game and hopefully see some improvement on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, the defense, special teams, you know, all these guys really deserve to, to get to a bowl game and especially those seniors. So we'll see what happens the rest of the year. I'm looking forward to a revamped Iowa offense next year. Let's see if this is going to happen. But I think it needs to happen at this point. And hopefully we'll see it happen. So that's all I have today. Thanks for listening. And go Hawks!